Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Big Cozy, Too Cozy, a.k.a. the Nigerian muscle, the motherfucking North African god. I'm here with my two amigos, the motherfucking heel of all heels, the dickhead, Nigel Jackson. It's <laughs> yeah. a crazy intro, man. My bad, yo. The yo, dickhead shot. himself. <laughs> Shouts out to Heel Jackson, relaxing oh, Heel Jackson, and the artiste, Saint Picasso himself, Saint Kitch. He's the reincarnation of Pablo Picasso, but the African, the an African god form. <laughs> <laughs> Just call me Ra, man. Just call me Ra. Yeah, oh, man. Uh, so what's up, fellas? Let let the people know who you are, and you know, let's talk about how your past week was. This is relaxing, nosy underscore Jackson, and I've been chilling out. I'm actually a little tired at the moment. I'm not gonna lie; like I'm feeling like a little drowsy, but I'm here with y'all. This is the first time we've been together in a few weeks, so I'm kind of excited to get this episode done. So I mean, uh, just kind of you know, looking forward to this Kendrick album. Uh, just kind of chilling out, watching movies and whatnot. We actually went to recently go see Doctor Strange. That was cool. Oh, word. How was that? So, me personally, I think it's a good movie. I think it's like a eight out of, or four out of five, seven out of ten type movie. You know, like you're gonna enjoy it. I think it. Oh, I, four out of five, seven out of ten. Yeah. So why is it not an eight out of ten? Because eight out of ten will be a four out of five. Well, okay, so look. <laughs> so look, let me explain. Let me explain. Yeah, bad thing, man. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Let me, so look, 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 let me explain. Right? I thought about this. I thought about why I would say that, right? So All look, right. if it was a five, if it was out of five, I would give it a four, right? All right. But in reality, I personally think it's more towards the 3.5 range. So if it was out of 10, I would say it's a seven. But so, doesn't that kind of go against the logic of the whole grading yeah. system yet? I, th- I think yep. it does enough to be a four. It does. So I feel yeah. like that'd be like, you know, just doing so why, it, but I feel like... So why don't you just do it out of 10? No. Yeah, bro, you you literally just discredited... <laughs> you really just disproved your own... The own theory you, like, fought us for for No, nah, it's two different scales. Come so on, I, <laughs> I, I gave the movie a C+. Plus. C plus. Yeah, C plus. Jeez. So I'm guessing this. So I'm guessing that should still be uh watching a few other movies before that. No, no, you can watch the movie outright on its own. Um just formulate your own opinion. I don't I don't think it's the worst movie because it's not. There's some good parts in there, but not everything in the movie I like. Hmm. I'll, I'll if I get a chance, I'll check it out though. I'll check it out if I get a chance. You're not watching it. It's all right, bro. I, I wish you stopped doing that. <laughs> what you mean? You yeah, still haven't watched Batman. It's yeah, okay. I, I literally have. I literally played Batman twice. What are you talking about? And fell asleep both times. Yeah, I played it twice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so what happens? What What are yeah. you doing? What it are you watching? It gets dark. It gets really dark. <laughs> <laughs> This gets really dark. Uh, what am I watching? Yeah. Um, right now, primarily I just be watch. Primarily, I'm watching like a lot of interviews. Um, a lot of like I'm more 
I'm right now I'm really into like the biopic thing, but um shows shows wise, I'll have to say Atlanta. And to me, I think right now it's to me without question, this may actually this may be one of the better seasons mm. out of the show. I gotta catch up. Yeah. Just just the way he just the way he's able to attack certain subjects. And it's like it's really two series. There's two there's two different series happening at once in Atlanta. Like that first episode, there's a couple other episodes that are is not in relation to that episode, but the same theme or premise. Okay. So just kind of one-off type episodes. No, to me, I think it's just to me, I look at it like a series. So like, uh, my God. Like uh it's more or less a series around the same subject matter. As the, it's about the same subject, more or less just through different stories and different vantage points, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. Pretty good, though. Um, great, uh, especially the last episode. Um, I didn't expect to see... Um, I didn't expect to see... Uh, <laughs> I didn't, well, you probably seen the clip, but I didn't expect to see Liam Neeson in the show. His part is extremely... Uh, it's interesting, to say the least. I have not seen that episode yet. Uh, well, they had a clip. They had clips on social media and stuff, so I wasn't sure if you saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else about it, but just trust me, it's um, it's interesting. But yeah, but not for sure. the most, yeah, but for the most part, that's all. In terms of what I've been watching, that's really about it, though. Um, I was I wanted to watch uh, well, and I know we're going to talk about it. I wanted to catch the fight over the weekend, but I caught it later. I had to recap it, but. Man, I end up going to see Freddie Gibbs and bro. In terms of performers, it's not a lot of frills with his performance, but in terms of breath control, it's a that was an amazing show to see. That's like, what's up, man. Every every rap was just like the next, just like what you hear on the song. No, oh, I need to take a breath. He'll spit the whole verse, then be like, yo, I that's my favorite verse. Let's wrap it again, which I wasn't mad at. I wish he would just perform other songs, but hey, but it was pretty good though. Um, and of course, he had something to say about academics, and uh, someone will be talking about someone else will be talking about as well. So now I know you've been um, listening to Future's album. His album's been uh, doing pretty well at the sales and whatnot. So yeah, I think he's on pace to do like around two hundred or over two hundred, I believe, or he did at least over two hundred, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it was a to me like I think we said it before. It was a really great album. I'm not surprised that it's at Billboard number one right now, just because it's to me personally. I think it was like I think to me this was like a a great future album. So, and of course, anytime you have a music video with Drake for wait, waiting for you, where they take it back to like the medieval times, you got you got to do numbers, man. Yeah, I, I think Future's uh, feet going number one on Billboard with his album and the single is kind of is Drake-esque type shit. I think Future is the first rapper since Drake to do that, to have a number one album to go along with a number one single, which is, uh, you know, in a, he's in a class of his own by doing that. So shout out to Future, definitely shout out to Drake. So I think that's a... Uh, it's an amazing feat that not too many people could say that they have done. Yeah. Hey, hey, Nigel, quick question. What up? Yeah. Why did you make that reaction when I said that Drake gave me a, a album that sounded like 
waiting for you. So why do you that. give me? Really? Why? <laughs> what's you see your... how fast he said it? I don't what? Want it. it was just a lot. Of... I don't want it. Why do you hate it so? I don't like good music. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I just, I, me personally, I'm not looking for a Drake R&B album. I know some people like that, but me personally, I'm not looking for that from him. That's just me personally. You don't like half of his career, pretty much. Okay, I'm alright with saying that. I mean, if that's yeah. the way you want to put it, I'd be, I'm alright with that. No, I, it's just generalizing, generalizing for the most part. That's it. I didn't say that, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, half his career, I mean, half his career is built off off of that style of Drake. All right. <laughs> I mean, if I not more, said. if not seventy five percent. Me, Spence has a strong point, though. He does. That's what's, that's what's up. <laughs> I didn't say that. I never said that. <laughs> yeah. I, bro, I'm just saying, I'm just journalizing it at that point. That's all. You only like 25% of what Drake's ever put out. It's fine. Yeah, Everything it's else not, you hate. No, I'm fine. not for it. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, I'm sorry. It's cool, bro. So you're going back on the, the hate the Drake train. <laughs> I'm not. I don't think that's hate. I think that's just having an honest opinion. You know, I prefer Drake to rap and y'all prefer him to sing. And that's no, I we, we like both. Ever, yeah, we like both. We, we like both equally for the most part. Okay, yeah. well that's what's up. I have a preference. Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with that. If you only like if you hate seventy five percent of what someone puts up, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Hey man, yeah man. If you prefer to hate, you just prefer to hate. It's all good. At least I'm listening to his music, and I can give you a thorough like you know thought on his music because I take my time out to listen to his. So what did you think of Wait for You? I thought it was a decent song. I thought it was a good song. I like the whole album. You, so it's not like I'm like sectioning that off because <laughs> <laughs> it's a singy song type song. Like I like the song with him and Kodak. You know, I think that song is pretty decent. It's it's not my favorite, but it's all right. Yeah, you're a so, funny guy. Yeah. Did, did you like DMB by ASAP Rocky? I actually did like that song. I'm not going to lie, man. I think the visual for that song is really cool. I know me and you were talking about it earlier. And I think that people have to give ASAP Rocky a little bit of credit when it comes to having interesting visuals for his videos. And this is another video like that. And outside of that, the song is good and it, it has a little, you know, decent sound to it. ASAP Rocky's funny because like, he'll always do that little singy song shit in his songs at the end. And I find that to just be, he just something he just constantly does. It's funny to me. So I always look for it. Does it get gears? Say it again. (laughs) Does it grind your gears because it's like singy? It's just interesting that sometimes it feels like it goes with the songs and sometimes it just feels like, hey, I want to sing at the end of this, so I'm going to, regardless mm-hmm. if it fits or not. Oh, because not just looking for it, got it. Maybe because of me. If he's doing that because of me, then shouts out to ASAP Rocky, you know? That's, yeah. you know, that's a, it's quite the thing to do. Gotta love Big <laughs> Hill, man. <laughs> Big Hill Jackson, man. Did you did you check out the song, Spence, or what did you think of it? Uh, I mean, I, I had a chance to check it out. I only listened to it because of all the hype around it with the whole proposal thing. Yeah. Um, so I saw it like once. I, the As far as I can say, like from what I remember, it was a good song for the most part. Um, I, to me, I think just like Nigel was saying, like the creative process of like any of ASAP's, out, not albums, but just videos in particular. Because I think... Um, I think more often than not, you have a lot of people that do not, that do not take, um, that don't, they don't put as much effort, I would say, into music videos in comparison to like what ASAP's done over the course of his career since, since the beginning for the most part. So 
Yeah, I, I definitely most agree with that. I I just think that he's kind of underappreciated when it comes to the music videos, just because he's not putting out the popping albums or the popping songs these days, just because he's more into fashion and whatever else he's his ventures um, bring him to. But when it comes to visuals. I would just say visuals because his songs lately are kind of like hit and miss, but his visuals is very unique. And I'll say it's kind of from a creative direction. I feel like ASAP Rocky's videos, you can't compare him to nobody else in the game. They're not the typical, I'm standing in front of a car, four or five bitches in the back, (laughs) you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's very different. Very like, Hey, it's in a sense, you're kind of like watching a, a artistic short film. And I think, I think that's cool for him. Nah, definitely. I, I wonder who's actually uh, like been like the primary like producer or director of his videos. Just because like it sometimes it takes it takes some it takes a special person to even create that vision for a person. Yeah. When it's when it's like, hey, I see this in my head and this how I want it, this is how I want it to be. And it's when you're doing something to that extent, like it's down to every detail. So yeah. Yeah, it's, it's dope. And I think people people really like the video too. I mean, this the song is okay. It's cool. I mean, it, it's it's better than like Bushka Boy or yes. whatever like that. Yes. <laughs> but but shout out ASAP Rocky. I don't I won't I don't know if, if this leads to an album or if he's just gonna keep dropping like random singles or whatever, just to I don't know, keep his name afloat in the music game. I feel like people like that overall, but I don't feel like people really like Jack Harlow's problem or album overall. It had like a little mixed review to it from what I was seeing. Did y'all guys take out the time to listen to that? Yes. The album, <laughs> bro, I listened to this album, right? I It was a hard one to get through personally. As a person that listens, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going, there's nothing to lie about. Like it was a hard album to get through. All the hype that's led up to Jack Carlos. Oh, he's like the next, he's about to be like the next one, X, Y, and Z. Some people don't care for like his style of rapping because it's it's very reminiscent of Drake, <clears throat> which I'm not mad at. Uh to me, I think to me, I think he has a mixture of a couple different, a couple different influences. So I don't really trip off of it. But to me, only song that I can think of just offhand that I liked in the beginning was just the first song, like the first song. And that's because it kind of reminded me of Mac Miller. I believe that was a song that reminded me of Mac Miller to some extent, but that song cuts off like in the first, like after like 90 seconds, like abruptly. So he had Snoop Dogg on the album, which I wasn't mad at, but I didn't like the way it transitioned from like it to me, it became kind of the cookie cutter Oh, I remember Drake did this with uh, "She's Fancy," for instance, right? <clears throat> Where it just it it goes a certain way, and then the beat changes. He does that, but it doesn't sound good. Um, overall, though, I, to me, out of I would say out of five, I would give this album like maybe a two. Like mm-hmm. uh, hands down, hands down, his first album is a hundred times better, and that his first album, I expected to hear what I heard on this album. Yeah, I think everybody was expecting to hear like a more evolved Jack Harlow. When he came out with Nail Tech and I was getting like a little hype and a little buzz and shit, I heard that song and I was kind of like, he, the rapping is kind of mid. But, you know, I'm going to just give it a chance. You know, I so the album comes out. Let's see what the hype is about. 
I listen to it and I'm like, there's a running theme to a lot of these songs. The beats always switch up, which I find very annoying. That's why I didn't like about like the Baby Keem album. A lot of the songs on there, the beats are always fucking switching up. Um, and in his, uh, since, you know, we're trying to take him as a serious artist, lyrically, it's not that great. And his content is always talking about females, which is nothing wrong, right? When a rapper is talking about females, but when the hype is like, he's the next, or he's like Drake, or he's the next one to blow. He's supposed to be doing 400, 500,000 the first week because he's popping like that. And then he's rapping about a certain type of content and it's just geared to a certain crowd in a sense. It's kind of like, no, the guy is not as what you hyped him up to be, you know? Uh, I'm not trying to knock Jack Harlow himself because he's just doing his music. But the fan base was like really... They they brought out the knee pads for him, and I'm just and I don't understand why they brought the knee pads out, but it is what it is. I think the album was a dud. You know, I, I feel like capital D U D. I feel like when I was listening to it, like it just sounded kind of okay. You know, to me, like it didn't sound like it was really bad. It sounded like it was good enough to listen to it, and I feel like you know that's what it is to me. I think the expectations around this album to me are kind of weird because when I listened to his first album, I wasn't really expecting anything other than an album that was like at the least enjoyable. So like to like when I hear some people saying like he shouldn't be compared to Eminem and stuff like that, I'm like, who was like to me? I No, like for real, I, I didn't hear anybody doing that. I heard, I see like, you know, girls in TikToks listening to Jack, Jack Carlo and that's not a bad thing. But it's like, I don't really see anybody really trying to make it out like to be like that. And I expect him to sell well because of the crowd that he caters to, you know? So I, I know they're looking for him to drop music and whatever. So to me, it's not necessarily really that big of a deal. I just didn't think this album was really that great. That's all. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say, like, the album was great. I mean, but he did sell well. I think he did like 130 in the first week or projected to do 130, which is great. It's big. You know, he, you know, he smashed a lot of people's favorite current favorite artists, not named Future, Drake, Thug, whatever the fuck, but, or Dirk. You know, well, I think he beat Dirk, but like overall, I think people like Dirk a lot better than Jack Harlow. Um, I mean, I'm not mad at him. I think he might be one of those artists where it's a toxic fan base that might turn people off because there's so much hype around him. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it, I I guess I could see that. I mean, to me, when I listened, when I initially listened to the album, going in to listen to the album, I'll say this. I expected this album to be really well, really good, to be honest. I had high expectations for this album when I lis- when I listened to his first album, right? And especially when it's when you see like, okay, he has a song like Nell Tech that's get him even bigger buzz. He clearly we can tell like, okay, he's put out some he put out like one or two hits before got hot. He was able to do it again on the second album. So clearly there's something there in terms of knowing how to make that type of song. So I expected I expected the music to be really well just because when you listen to his first album, you can tell you can tell what makes people like the first album to me, where it's just more or less a reflective album, right? Where he's more or less talking about his life, X, Y, and Z. At this point, it this album, the thing I think that made the album bad to me was just, it was a 
just him a repetitive conversation of just dealing with chicks right which is nothing wrong with it but it's on every song and it's like what 15 16 maybe 20 songs i don't want to hear that definitely when it's like these empty out beats that sound nothing like you put out before like if you listen to it honestly if you listen to his first album like the the production is great the production i'm not gonna say production is great the production is great for the sound that he was going for this album he has they grab the biggest producers you have them in the in there with pharrell um, I think we saw we saw them with picks with Drake before and everything like that, right? So clearly this guy is supposed to be like someone's choosing him, right? The same as when we saw with when well to me, I know when I heard Fabio do the song with Kanye West and Alicia Keys. It's like, okay, this is like someone that y'all think the clearly the consensus is this guy should be next. He fell short of this on this album, bro. Like to me, this album was just nothing more than like chick songs, which took away from what, why his core and why most of what you see on social media, at least, are all came with the same, what the majority consensus I've seen, at least, is that this is a bad album. Like, I, I mean, it, it kind of comes off as industry plan. And yeah. I think when, when people see and recognize and hear industry plant type shit, people are quick to point it out. And rightfully so, because it just comes off as like, this is manufactured. And um he did well, and I think there's a reason why he did well. And it's, you're going to hear, like, you know, you might, if you walk into a club tonight or tomorrow night, you're going to hear some of his music. But I, I always like to say, hey, two, three years from now, are you going to be listening to this shit? And if the answer is no, then, you know, maybe the music is just not that great. Yeah. I'm- and, and, and my bad, let me just finish this. Go but, ahead. like... And the reason why I'm saying that for him is because people are treating him like, hey, he's an upper echelon rap artist. If we're if we're treating him on the on the levels of like of like a DMV rapper that does DMV drill, the expectation is not there. So like a lot of the music is forgettable. You know, after hearing it months down the road, we forget about the shit. But like we have him when it's like how people go back and still listen to like nothing was the same or if you're reading this, that's kind of like the expectation for him with this album. And it just, it just fell flat, you know, musically it fell flat. Sure. Yeah. He could brag about the numbers and good for him, but I don't know if somebody's going to go back in two to three years and bump this album. Yeah. Two or three years. I don't, I don't think in terms of this album, um, I think it, to me, when it comes to Jack Harlow at this point, I think it's really going to determine his career to me, I think it's going to be term- determined by his next album. Right. I agree. Because, because this, his first out to me, I think this is nothing more than like a sophomore slump, which most artists go through. You put out the first album, everybody loves it. Then when you go to make your second album, it doesn't sound anything. It sounds more like, like you said, an inter- industry plant to some extent. So it's like industry plant is so, I really think his third album is going to be the the breaking point or the tipping point for him to for us to know if he's going to be around for an, a few more years because I think the expectation I think the expectations people had for him were high based on what he had done up until this point. I think he was on the path to reach those expectations in terms of he's like the next one out of his generation but Falling short like this is is really going to take for his his third album for us to know if he's even going to be like you said a conversation, or people don't want to listen to anything he put out 
a couple of years ago. So, so I mean, since we're on this motherfucking topic, we might as well get to it because this is the motherfucking shit that everybody's going to be talking about probably from years to come. And that's Nigel's favorite artist. <laughs> when not when Nigel brings out the knee pads, he only brings it out for one occasion. That's wild. And that's, yeah. and that's, that's a wild thing to say. And that, and that I, I mean, you, this is your boy. It's your, your, your favorite, <laughs> Nigel's favorite rapper today. His probably in the top three of him. Kendrick Lamar, he dropped a song called The Heart Part 5. Nigel thought Kendrick was speaking to him. He felt the beats in his heart when Kendrick was spitting. Nigel loved the deep face, but he didn't love that his face wasn't used in the video. <laughs> so, so, Nigel, go ahead, break it down, because I know you could give out a lecture on this, a sermon. Go ahead. I thought the song was a good song. I listened to it. I thought it was a nice little warm up for Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. You know, like I think that this is, I, I don't think this is going to be representative of what majority of the songs are going to sound like. I think that uh, we're going to find out a lot more on Friday, but I know that everybody's going to be listening to it. So it's just a little appetizer for what we're about to get. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I agree. I think this is going to be an appetizer for what we're going to get, but I, I do think to me, I, I feel like the heart, the heart series for the most part is kind of like it sets the ambiance for like the album to some extent, right? Just because or, or more or less it's like a thesis statement. Cause even if like if you listen to the heart part four, for instance, you go back and listen to it now after Damn came out, there's literally different beats some of the beats that are on damn are on that song some of the concepts and some of the subject matter he talks about are also on the hard part four i think the hard part five um just like anything else before it's nothing more than kendrick lamar getting whatever he has off on his chest off whether it's in this situation i think um just the the different elements in which he's talking about certain things and especially when we get to the very end of the song where when he starts talking from the perspective of Nipsey Hussle. Um, this was like something that to me, I think the fans were waiting for to some extent, just because I think everybody's just been salivating at well, the moment at Kendrick drops something. I think as far as the concept, the whole, I am all of us, we're going to see a lot of that. Like, I think that's, we're going to see that carry on, but as far as the actual sound, I just, I just don't know. That's all. So for you guys being the bigger Kendrick fans, right? What would you give this song out of five? <laughs> no, for real. I, what would you give if you a five out of five? Five. So you, de- you so you deem it as a classic? I deem it as a perfect song. I don't deem it as a classic. A, a, to me, a class. To me, I can't say something's a classic when it's only been like it's been less than a week. That's right. Like to me, in terms of like when I listen to the song, to me, I think it's a perfect song. I to me, for one, I, I love. I love the fact that he uses the Marvin Gaye sample for one. And then it's like, even the, even in the sense of like how he, when, when the beats playing, for instance, right. And he's even saying, yo, take the drums out. And he just starts, he still keeps going. Right. It's to me, it's a sense of like, okay, this gives me an ambiance or it makes me feel like I'm part. Like I, when I listen to it, it feels like, okay, I can see this being at this show. This gets me hyped to want to go see Kendrick Lamar. This gets me hyped to go listen to Kendrick Lamar. So to me, this was a per- to me it was a perfect song nonetheless. I think this was another another great addition <laughs> to the Heart series. Nothing's better to me. Nothing's better than Part Two, 
but um this is probably one of the best ones this is definitely another another great one i'll say yeah it's a four you know i thought it was a good song i thought it was a solid song but it's not a song that i'll necessarily be like yo i need to listen to this at the moment but i will be listening to it in the future because it's a good song what what elements did you not like care for of the song Uh, I'm not going to say that I necessarily didn't care for anything. I just don't care for it as much as other things that I've listened to. So it's a four. You know, if it's like there's things that I care for more than this, like, you know, it's just it's not bad. It's solid. You know, it's just not the best. That's all. Okay. I mean, (laughs) it's better to me because you're a hater that's why i'm not a, oh now i'm a hater uh, <laughs> i'm a hater i already said that you know i like the song so don't try to create some type of narrative uh, no nah, i'm just saying uh, it's, I, I i'm just saying as to your reaction from it yesterday it was funny you know I mean, you don't like kendrick lamar man no, I never said that. I just I'm at, that's what I'm just asking. Oh no, I no, I like I like Kendrick. I think Kendrick so no no. So I think and I don't want to get on this because I know this is what you guys are living for, but <laughs> what Kendrick all right. When people talk about like the best rappers in the game, some people really like Drake. Right. Some people really like J. Cole, and then some people really like Kendrick. And I guess you can also have that subspace for people who really like Kanye. For me, I would fall more into the Drake and J. Cole space. Now, I'm not on the, the Kendrick side as much as Drake and J. Cole. I like Kendrick's music. I Nigel will even tell you, I went back to listen to Pimp to Pimp and Butterfly. And I was kind of like, you know, this album's actually not that fucking bad. And, the, and I just had to be mature enough to like actually understand and listen to it. Because back then... I wasn't listening to 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 Pippa Butterfly. I just wasn't back then. I was fucking. So you talking uh, about going to Africa, bro? Come on, man. I'm, where's Chief Keef at, man? Where's Gucci, man? I'm, all I'm saying is, you guys have known me for a very long time, so you know <laughs> they, things are a lot different musically. So I respect the album, and with we're hearing the Heart Part Five, I was telling Nigel, I was like, yo, like he the motherfucker is spitting. And he's spitting damn good. I'm going to listen to the album because I'm expecting great things from the album because I like Damn. I thought Damn was a fantastic album. I liked it better to Pimp a Butterfly. But when I first heard that, when I was first listening to the song, that's why I texted you guys like, oh, this is to Pimp a Butterfly part two. But, you know, after going through the song, I was just kind of like, oh, this song is actually dope as hell. I like the message behind it. I think it's good. I think... What people have to understand is not every rap song needs to be hardcore in the club. I'm going to shoot him up type shit. Like it's okay to have that balance. And I'm, I'm a big preacher and believer in balancing. You can't have everything in one way. Cause it just doesn't, you don't become, um, you don't grow your taste. You don't grow your, your, the, what you're listening to and, and your, you don't become more wise by sitting there just listening to the same shit over and over again. And to add on to what you said, um, I feel like you can't go too far in the opposite direction either. Like don't listen to Kendrick Lamar for the sake of trying to break down every single word he says. Like that to me is very odd behavior. (laughs) It just is. Mm, uh, To me, sometimes I think it can, 
when people start going down certain wormholes, I think it does get a little nutty. But like at the same time, to me, I I just look at it like it's to me. I look at it no different. When I look at Kendrick Lamar's music for it, for just for this, right? I look at it in the same sense that. 60 years from now, 70, 80 years from now, more more people will probably break down his music to that capacity. Maybe not in the sense of like, oh, there's five rings, five Kobe, five this. Like I saw some video where they they broke down like uh, the verse on nostalgia, which it made sense, but it's like, I don't think necessarily it's always true, but I don't know. To me, I don't have a problem with people having their own breakdowns from it because it's it's no different than when you look at poets or anything like that when they reflect on their work from 50, 60 years ago. I'm not I'm not saying that there is anything wrong with breaking down his music. What I am saying is that sometimes people can go out of their way to break down things that don't need to be broken down. Like Sometimes it's just good to listen to something and enjoy it as it is. I mean, and, analyze it, but not to the point where you're trying to find something that's not there. Yeah. Like I understand what Nigel's saying with that too. Sometimes people have a habit of their fandom is so strong where everything is deep. And sometimes exactly. it's not, it's not deep. Nah, like, fact. Yeah. So I think that's a problem with a lot of uh, fanboys of Kendrick, not taking nothing away from Kendrick, but I'm just saying a lot of his fans are like, everything has an alt, you know, there's a motive behind each song and everything is extremely deep. And, you know, you got to take shrooms to really understand the sounds and vibes of shit. But I want to ask you a question though, Spence, right? As you being a connoisseur of the big stepper, you ready for the question? I'm, I'm listening. I'm all ears. All right. So it just came out recently that Drake reportedly got a huge nine-figure deal from Universal, which will be the first rapper in history to get a nine-figure deal. Do you think Kendrick Lamar could command a nine-figure deal? And whether you think so or not, how do you feel about Drake's reported nine-figure deal? Um, I think... I would say yes. I think Kendrick Lamar could broker a deal like that. Now, I don't. Now, will it would it be the same amount as what Drake has has been given? I'm not. I'm not quite sure because the the rumor has been that Drake has been offered upwards of five hundred million dollars, which is really living up to the LeBron size deal that they've that they've quoted it as. Um, but I do think Kendrick Lamar, if if he chose to say if he came back and said, hey, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And this is how much it's going to cost for X, Y, and Z. And this is all these different variables. I think he could de- I think he could definitely pull it off just because to me personally, I don't think Kendrick Lamar has put out a bad album before. Um, I think all of his albums are all universally different in a sense. So I think just because of that and the the fandom I, I wouldn't be surprised, but when it comes to Drake's deal, um, it that's impressive. That's impressive, bro. That's impressive for an artist like him to get five hundred million, or somewhere near there. They're saying somewhere between four, or from what I've heard, somewhere between four fifty and five hundred. Um, 
it, it's really impressive, bro. I, I, to me, I think this just guarantees, this shows that this guarantees us as music fans that we're without question, we'll be getting nothing but Drake music for the years to come, as well as showing like, Hey, and in these certain situations, these labels realize like, okay, he could possibly go off and do something on his own, which I felt is a, I, at first, initially I felt he should have, but uh, after watching a clip from YG, I, I, I chose another, another reason why I think this deal is probably perfect for him. But overall, I would just say it's a great deal. Um, I think we'll see a lot more from Drake as well as seeing what, um, what comes just because I, I think there's like a split with his masters that he some type of split with his masters in, in the process as well. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good, I was, I was going to ask you Nigel, what you think of it? I think it's a good deal. I think that it works out for Drake. I'm just curious to know as to if this deal is going to um, give him more control over his contract than he did before. And I don't know the ins and outs of contracts, so I wouldn't know anything about that. But that being said, I'm curious to know if it's doing anything for him business-wise other than it just being more money which that's a hell of a lot of money for somebody to make don't get me wrong but i'm also curious to know the type of control that he got with that to see if that changed anything for him that they might not have done for somebody else yeah i used to say he was the lebron james of the rap game now i'm gonna say he's the floyd mayweather of the rap game he he's commanding so much money he has so much influence and power you know He's, he's, I mean, he's kind of 50 and up, you know what I'm saying? Hey man, shouts out to Drake, man. Like I say, uh, he's doing his thing. That's what, that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, I think, um, when it just comes to this, it's, it's impressive just seeing how far, how far artists, when we, cause we all got introduced to Drake at the very beginning when no one knew who he was. Some of us from Degrassi. Like to see him get to this benchmark and still be willing to put out music as well as I, I did listen to some, some clips from DJ academics where he said he, he did have a personal conversation with Drake. And it, from what it sounds like, it's like, he gets a blank check, like anything he wants is a blank check. Like, Hey, whatever you want to do, here's a blank check, do whatever you want. It, it costs 10 million. Go ahead, do it. Cause they, I mean, it's someone like someone like Drake. It solidifies him as a person that's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so it's, I'll be interested to see what comes, what comes from him, um, just from the the boss aspect as well. So, this is inter- This is really going to be interesting, though. I wonder if I, I. The thing I'm really curious about is is, <laughs> if, when he puts out his next album, which some people have rumored to come out sometime soon. Wow. Or sometime or sometime this year. It's over here. Yeah. Um as I'm not sure if you I'm I don't I know Nasra didn't listen to Passion Fruit. Um not Passion Fruit, <laughs> but um <laughs> More Life. <laughs> More Life. I know I know Nasra didn't, but I remember he had a song with Thug on there. I wonder if he's gonna put out an unreleased joint. Cause I'm sure they have something. I'm wondering if he's gonna put anything out now that um now the sticky situations happen with uh the YSL, the young thug and YSL. Yeah, man, yeah. shouts out to them, you know. It seems like they're going uh, through some trouble. Yeah, it's fucking crazy because it kind of sprung up, what, yesterday as of this recording? Like, yesterday night and shit, Spence, you kind of broke the news. You were kind of like our down south correspondent. And, yes, he was. <laughs> he was on the scene. Yeah, he was he, on the scene. 
You got to chill. So <laughs> live from Holly Advised Podcast, we're giving you footage, un, unreleased footage of Young Thug being arrested by the feds. The feds have done a sweep. In all seriousness, though, like far as like Thug and Gun or whatever, of course, listeners, we don't know the in, ins of outs of what the hell is really going on because everything literally just happened at the time of this recording. I'm pretty sure by the time the next episode drops, not this episode as you're hearing it, but the next one, there's going to be more details flooding the internet about what the fuck is really going on. I mean, I hope Young Thug is not... Uh, accused of the crimes that he's being uh accused of but of course you know we don't fucking know we don't know what the fuck is going on all we could do is just hope for hope for the young brothers and they could get back home to their families basically that's it i would just rather not see them end up in prison for anything so shout out to them uh i hope this is just some type of mix-up or they just kind of got caught up in something and they'll be able to get off yeah yeah i'm i'm hoping so because this is um oh breaking news breaking yeah. breaking yeah, news no nah, i'm checking i'm checking twitter so apparently they're saying um little baby is also a target but <laughs> from twitter twitter a, a tweet from rap tv says new documents reveal little baby and 4pf and others may be targeted by the feds as well you know i feel like this might be some type of I don't, you know how sometimes they try to get rappers all in one group, you know what I mean? It sounds like it might be one of those situations where they just seen a situation and they're trying to grab a whole bunch of people up at once and they happen to be included in this group of people. Because let's not forget, I think the number of people that were indicted in the first place was like 56. Yeah. 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 Something, it, was a, it was a crazy number. Right. Like, it's... um. I don't know if this document is true because if this document is true, this is like a couple of different um, rap crews as well as podcasters, right? If this is if this document is if this document is true, which we you can't trust the internet half the time. Um, yeah, this this could clearly probably be something bad, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. This is this is kind of crazy how something like this works. It, it does seem like it's very reminiscent of like the '90s. Or the 2000s when you heard about like the hip hop police in New York. Yep, yeah. It's not not the same because this would be a federal situation, but this seems very reminiscent, though. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I hope that these young brothers could get back to their families, and like Nigel says, um, it's it's all a misunderstanding. Nah, definitely, definitely so. Because this, I think, without question, this definitely shocked everybody. Uh, no different than like over the weekend when Canelo fought uh, Bivol. Shocked the whole world of boxing for the most part. Some people did have Bivol um, or Bivol. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his name. Sorry if I get it wrong. But um, a lot, some fans, some people did have him predict. Some people predicted like he would, he would be a challenge for Canelo. But like anybody else, we all know how that works. But um, yeah, Bivol, he ended up beating he ended up beating Canelo and becoming the champion. Did you guys get a chance to watch this fight? I got to see the re- the highlights of the fight, and whenever I saw Bivol going off and striking on Canelo, it seemed like he was actually really kind of striking him punches and bunches, had him against the the ropes. Like he was just kind of it seemed like he was overwhelming him through a lot of the fight, and I thought that was interesting because me personally, I've never seen Canelo in that spot. 
But um, from what everybody says, like, it would make sense if he is the bigger fighter and he's not used to fighting in that weight class that maybe he just might not be able to use some of the tactics to win against somebody like that. It's excuses. That's all I'm going to say. Because I, um, Dimitri Bivol fought his fight and he didn't fight Canelo's fight and he's actually a good boxer. That's what the fight showed. Right. He's not some right. can. So people are forgetting Canelo, before he went on his conquest of 168 pounds, he did go up to 175, the same weight class Dimitri Bivol's at, to beat Sergey Kovalev for that belt. And actually, they fought on the same night as Jorge Masvidal beat up and spanked Nate Diaz. That was that whole, that was that one night where like, oh, they didn't fight, you know, they're, they're holding off fighting for the UFC, et cetera, et cetera. Canelo has already had taste of 175 gold. Now he goes up again and to fight Bivol for 175 gold again. And this time he fucking loses. Not because of the sheer size or strength. It's because Dimitri Bivol is actually a legitimately good boxer. Now the now saying, well, if rematch is gonna might happen, it might not happen. If the rematch does happen, Dimitri Bivol says, I would like to fight at Canelo's weight class now and fight for his championships. And if that goes down, I'm all I'm all there for it. Because if he beats Canelo twice back to back, the conversation between Canelo and Floyd is done. It's over. So I would like to see that fight. Congratulations to Dimitri Bivol, because obviously not too many people gave him a chance. And uh I think this is good. It gives something for the uh, the community of boxing to really talk about and get more interested into. Because if Canelo won this, he was supposed to fight Triple G, and he was probably going to knock out Triple G because Triple G is old, and, and you know. So I feel like this is kind of like a blessing in, in disguise. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not mad at that. Um, I, I think especially when it comes to the sport, like it's always a blessing when when you get the upset that ends up being like, okay, this now, this now, now at this point, right. If Canelo were to win, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if it was a close fight, they ran it back for a trilogy. So I think this is like, and I think for a fighter like Canelo, this is something that he needs personally, because I I think more often not many fans have said like, Hey, now granted when he first fought Sergey, like that was an actual champion, but more often not a lot of people say he handpicks a lot of his fighters now. And because he's on the A side, which even Floyd says, hey, he's going to pick who he wants to pick. Um, but like, yeah, I, I think this is a, a good a good fight that ended up being a defeat for Canelo. He barely won any of the rounds. He was getting yeah. tagged. Yeah. Um, he was getting, even when he would throw some of his punches, he was getting caught yep. with good counters, which was surprising because any other fighter, it you could tell he would outclass them. So for someone like Canelo, I think this is going to be good. And even the way he handled the loss by just saying like, Hey, you win some, you lose some. I just want a immediate rematch. Now that immediate rematch, if he loses that, I'm not sure where that's going to put him or I don't know. I'm not sure where that conversation will lead for him at that point, just because of at, at the end of the day, the person with the belt is always going to be the person with the is always going to be the king to some extent. Definitely, if you definitely when you beat the best, when you're beating like punks 
or whatnot. It doesn't really, it's you're the champion until someone actually is really clearing out a spot. So yeah, I think this is going to be interesting. I think this should be an interesting chapter in Canelo's career, whether he wins or loses in the rematch, but yeah, definitely shocked I, the world. I'm definitely going to watch the, the, if the rematch goes down, especially at Canelo's weight class this time at 168, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely tune in for that because it's just, Hey man, the boxing world is it's, they're going to watch this like, Oh shit, what's going to happen. So most definitely I'm tuning into the rematch if it goes down. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's definitely going to happen. Like the only way it wouldn't happen is like, it went, unless Bivol was just like, yeah, he found some way of running away from it, which, or if the boxing gods just said like, or Eddie Hearns yeah. <laughs> said like, Hey, he pulled some slimy deal. Like, um, like dude did back in the day where I think Zab Judah lost Zab Judah say he lost a championship fight, but kept all his belts. Like as long as there's nothing like that, we're all good, but yeah. The, oh, and the, and before we move on, another thing that a lot of people were complaining about by that fight about that fight was the judges scorecards. So most people had Canelo winning two or three rounds out of 12. It was, you know, he got the ears box off of him, but the judges scorecards, all three judges had it so close that if Dimitri Bivol didn't win the last round, the fight would have been a draw. Oh or if or if or if Canelo scored a knockdown at least in the last round, Canelo would have won. And people are outraged with it because they're like, "Yo, this is corruption one on one." And don't me don't get me started on the corruption because that you know that shit's been it's been going on for years, and this is just another uh, sprinkle to that fucking madness. So. But other than that, shouts out to Dimitri Bivol. Definitely celebrate. I know he's turning up wherever he's going. The same night that happened, UFC 274 happened. And I know me and Lyle are watching that. Spencer, do you get a chance to watch that at all? Yeah, um, I ended up watching it the next day. I actually, at, by the end of the show, I ended up having a chance to catch the, the main event. So, But I did end up checking the, uh, the rest of the card. Um, I mean, for the most part, it was only two things that really stuck out to me in this whole card, to Let's be honest with him. you. The main event and the fight between Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson. Man, at this point, Tony Ferguson gets knocked out cold in the second round. Beautiful. Amazing. It. I realized more than likely he probably laid there for so long and looked like he was like, it was, to me, this was like a Manny Pacquiao moment, to be honest with you. When he fought uh, Marquez oh, for got, like the fourth or fifth time. Yeah, got KO'd, yeah. Yeah, like, but it was also because he fell, he ended up falling on his head, actually. But um, nonetheless, like it, I mean, that was an impressive fight. Uh, I think the first the first round, more often than I would say that um, Michael Chandler was doing, was getting the better of, of Tony Ferguson. Tony was hitting him. You even can tell by the end of the by the end of the fight where by the end of the first round, coming out into the second round, you saw where Michael Chandler had a cut, even had a cut on himself already. So you could tell like this wasn't like a walk in the park. Like he like he wasn't getting he wasn't taking any damage whatsoever. Um, but he ended up in the I think it was maybe within the first two minutes of the second round when they came out. 
he ended up coming, he ended up doing like just a straight kick to the face right on the button, shut him down so quickly, man. So quickly. That, hands down, that might be one of the best knockouts of the year. Yeah. That's, oh. that's, that's probably going to be knockout of the year. I was reading a thread on Twitter and they were talking about the biggest or the best uh, upkick knockouts. And I think that that and Vitor Belfort Machida are the top two upkick knockouts in UFC history. It's just such a devastating kick that he landed on Tony Ferguson. Like, it's been a while since you, well, you see a lot of people get knocked out, but in that way, it was just like, wow. And it happened so suddenly, because like you said, in the first round, Tony Ferguson was actually doing all right in comparison to his last few fights, especially. But, you know, he went in there and the second round of a couple seconds into it, got kicked and that, that was it. It caught everybody off guard. You heard what Chandler said, though. Like, the reason why he was able to pull off that kick was they were basically training to land uh, uppercuts in that same space. But Mm -hmm. in that instance, he just figured, well, let me just throw a kick, and it just happened to catch his ass. That's it. So, (laughs) I mean, mean, kudos to to Michael Chandler for throwing it, you know, even though he wasn't game planning to kick him straight forward like that. But – you know, you can't take nothing away from Michael Chandler. You know, I think it was a great knockout, fantastic. And Michael Chandler, his UFC career is interesting. Like, he's two and two. You know, the motherfucker, he finishes Dan Hooker impressively. Then he goes and gets knocked out by Charles Oliveira. And then he gets beat the fuck up by Justin Gaethje. <laughs> and then he comes back and he KOs Tone, uh, Tony Ferguson. Like, what you can say about all four of those fights is people, they've all been highlight real fights. And I think people are going to be rooting for Michael Chandler alone for that. So shouts out to him. Um, I know he called out Charles Oliveira and Conor McGregor. I think he'll probably get Conor McGregor first. I don't even think he'll get Conor, honestly. He has a better chance fighting like Nate Diaz or something. I could say something like that. Yeah, because he's not going to get a title shot because he just got KO'd by Charles. And then uh, he's not big enough for Conor. Conor is only going to go against a champion or somebody that could draw in millions of dollars. Well, it's really going to depend. And uh, Spence, did you say anything about this fight? Did you give your piece? Yeah. It's really going to depend on what they do in the main event between, well, I should say the results of the main event between Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje because Charles Oliveira, after the win he picked up, he now wants to fight Conor McGregor as well. So he might be busy doing that after he picked up the <laughs> submission. And Spence actually called it. He called it, except I think he called it in the fourth round or yeah. the second. Fourth. Or was it for the fourth? Yeah, yeah so. I called it in the fourth Yep. Instead of that, it just ended up being uh, three rounds earlier, you know, after he got dropped and, you know, rear naked choke. So what can you really say? Justin Gaethje, I'm not going to lie. He was talking a lot of shit like after the weigh-ins and whatnot, because if you haven't heard Spence, there was a little problem with the scales. They said that they might have been 0.5 off, you know, so they said that there might have been a mishap or whatever. So Charles Oliveira lost weight, then losing the belt. But Charles Oliveira went in there and, you know, said that if there is a champ at lightweight, his name is Charles Oliveira. He's, he's the champ. To me, yeah. he's the fucking champ. He spanked. Yo, he spanked Gaethje. After, those, after the first two knockdowns, I don't think Gaethje was expecting for Charles to pressure him the way he did. 
And I don't think he expected Charles to crack him the way he did as well. Cause you could kind of see like once he got hit that first within the like first 10 seconds of the fight, it was like the game plan, whatever he had went out the fucking window. Cause he was swinging for the fences and Charles was whipping his motherfucking ass. He was knees, 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 straight hooks. And then next year wrapped him up and he, he almost choked the motherfucker to sleep. But guess what? Gaethje quit. So, so much for the quitter, right? He was talking all that shit saying, once a coward, always a coward, da, 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 da. And Charles made a coward out of a man. He made that motherfucker quit. And I'm happy too, because I'm like, yo, you was talking so much shit. Oh, the motherfucker didn't wait, make weight. Fuck him. I'm going to knock him the fuck out. And then he had his fucking manager going hard as fuck on, on Charles too. So to me, I was like, I'm happy Charles won. I'm really happy because people, they're treating it like Charles missed weight by 20 pounds. No, it wasn't like that. And not only that, if you know the story behind the scale, then you don't really want to act like that sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I had heard some rumors about a scale, but I just figured it was just like uh people just chattering. I didn't I didn't know there was any I didn't know if there were, was any validity to it. Um, but yeah, man, it the way he came out, it was impressive, bro. Like it even to me, I put it like this leading up to the fight, when I found out Charles Oliveira had missed weight initially, I honestly I didn't know it about the whole weight gate thing or whatnot, the scale gate. So to me, I just thought like, oh, he got, he finally got the championship. He probably was taking it serious. Maybe had a little too much fun and he missed weight. Maybe we're not going to get someone as super serious as he should be. Right. But going into that fight and of course seeing Justin Gaethje saying like, oh, he's still, I think I saw the post where he's like, oh, I'm like at 165 pounds and he's still cutting weight. Like, I'm thinking, okay, maybe this might mean something because we know how Justin, we know how Justin can get when he when he has a plan. When he's when it looks like he has a plan and he can strike. But when he came out, like you said, Lyle, he got clipped in the first like five to ten seconds of the fight. Like the first or second punch from Charles Oliveira, I think. Got clipped, and you could tell after that it was nothing but a downhill roll from there, man. It it was I'm not gonna say it, it was kind of embarrassing to some extent, just because of knowing who Justin Gaethje was and or is. And also, I think a lot of us predicted like, oh, and I think even Najwa said like, is, I think Charles could win the fight, but it's going to be, it's not going to be easy because you're going to have to get through Justin's hands right. first, his stand-up. But it, it seemed like there was a whole nother switch that got flipped, man. Charles ended up tagging him a few times. He ended up getting caught, getting knocked down. I think mm-hmm. he got knocked down like once as well. Um, and it kind of was like, okay, this could go either way. And not to ma- not to also forget, like the fight before this was a snooze fest. So yeah. like, <laughs> so like this was just like the entertain the expectations already are so low that this is just like, okay, this is already an amazing fight. Um, and then he ends up able, he's he's trying different things, trying different moves, and then he ends up getting him on the ground and does a submission. Justin Gaethje taps and then passes right out. Similar to, uh, I, I guess, in the sense of like, not like Holly Holmes, where she says she went out on her shield. He, because um, as we all know, Justin Gaethje's motto is either I'm going to knock him out or I'm going to get knocked out. Never I'm going to quit or a tap. So, motherfucker tap, though. Yeah. 
Charles wrapped his shit around. He was speaking that Portuguese in his motherfucking ear. <laughs> 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 Go sleep. It's like, it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. It's um, it's. I'm curious to see what's going to happen next now for well for both these fighters, primarily uh, Charles Oliveira. Don't get me wrong, a, a fight with Connor would be interesting, but at the same time, like I feel like his priorities. If if he wants to fight with Connor too bad, I feel like his priorities aren't in the right in right space. Don't get me wrong, Connor's a big payday, and if if your idea is hey, I got a couple more fights and I'm out, go for it. But if it's like hey, you fought. Charles Oliveira has been around the UFC for so long. So if I'm yeah. to get to this point, I would think he will getting the belt would be more important to me at this point than anything. Cause as long as you have the, as long as you're the champion, people are always willing to pay, <laughs> especially when you're submitting guys at every fight, just about, and pretty much tagging some tough dudes. So now I don't think it's crazy that they put Charles Oliveira against Connor for the belt. And I know that maybe it might not necessarily make sense as far as Connor's record, but let's be real. It's Connor. They're going to make it happen. If Charles Oliveira wants to fight Connor and he doesn't want to fight Islam next, or I'm sorry, if he doesn't want to fight Islam next and he wants to fight Connor, they're going to make that fight happen. That fight sells a hell of a lot of tickets. Yeah. Islam, I, I would feel bad for Islam if he would have took that RDA fight because he was talking shit on RDA, saying blah, 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 this, that, and the third. And then he didn't take that fight. So he yeah. can chill and he can fight Benil. That's the way I see it. Like, let, let Charles Oliveira get his money. He's been around for a bit, you know? And, and he's and he's finishing the top guys in the division. Yep. All he's he's finishing the top guys in the division. I feel like like Nigel was saying, Islam kind of fucked himself. He took the he took that short notice fight against Bobby Green, who had no business fighting Islam in the first place. But a week later, he couldn't take the extra short notice fight against RDA. And I think that I understand the criticism with that. Yeah, Islam is the guy of that division. It should be him versus Oliveira. But when you do, when you play shady business, you know, it's like you win it or you lose it. And if you lose it, it ain't going to pretty. So I ain't going to be pretty, excuse me. So he has to, I mean, Unfortunately, he's going to have to fight Benil Darius. It is what it is. I think he'll beat Benil, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, once he gets through Benil, more than likely, he will get the shot at the championship. I don't know who Oliver is going to fight next with a belt. I don't care if he fights Connor or not. If he fights Connor, I think he's going to spank Connor. I think he's going to do Connor pretty bad. I do. I, I After seeing how he spanked Yechi, <laughs> I just don't see how Connor has a chance. Especially. I agree. Especially coming nah. off coming off the Dustin Poirier losses. <laughs> I don't see how Connor has a chance against Oliveira. It's that I think that might be one of the worst matchups for Connor. Yeah. I mean, I listen, man, I'm I'm with you. I honestly I think if he fight if Connor were to fight Charles Oliveira, and this is why and I think to me, this is why I don't really why I'm saying like I think he should be going for the belt more of, if anything, just because it's for one, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of by a puncher's chance. I, I honestly, am, I'm done with the Connor, <laughs> the Connor ranking. <laughs> I'm not That's going nice. <laughs> Yo, because we all know Connor at least has power, right? Right. And, we, and I think we talked about like he's he's not one of those artists, not one of those fighters that you. At the end of the day, leg injury, MMA gods. I, I don't want him to win the belt. 
personally. <laughs> I, I don't want him to win the belt, especially when it's when he's like he hasn't won a fight in like three or four years. Like he's coming off like one of the freak accidents that happen to fighters where they typically are not the same afterwards. Um, so it's just like I, I understand it for Charles to get his money, and he's diver- he's rightfully earned that right to have to get that type of payday. But I'd rather him do it with the belt instead of like, okay, you get the payday. Then let's say we know how MMA is. If you don't take it, if you don't seize it at the moment, it may it may never happen again. I mean, look at Tony Ferguson's career and the whole Habib thing. Like, yeah, and look at Justin Poirier. He chose the money fights over the title. Now, when he got the title shot, he got his ass whipped. See, like. <laughs> It's better to listen, man. It's better to be the king at one time instead of never to have never been the king because you because you liked rubies and pearls sometimes. So here's why enough. I see it, right? I, I feel like we we can be happy that they're getting their money and whatever, but at the, it's like what matters more, like the money or the belt. And sometimes you do have to make a choice between the two. I think it just depends on the fighter's lifestyle. That's all. If uh, mm-hmm. if the if the fighter it's like, yo, man, I'm living in the hood. My family needs, we need to eat. We need to live a better life. Yeah, you're going to take the money fight. But if it's kind of like we're living a decent life or a good life, you know, assuming, yeah, I'm going to go for the title, Um, you know. And so I just feel like it really depends on the fighter. Not everybody who's fighting in MMA like hence Derek Lewis is fighting for championships. They're fighting to get paid well. That's right. Yeah, that is. No, I just don't want him to win the belt, man. <laughs> no, fair enough. I'm, I'm with you, man. If Charles and Connor get set up, I'm waving the br- Brazilian flag. <laughs> <laughs> You're no, not feel about it. Yeah, I think Charles, man. Like, how can you hate on a dude like that? The dude took his losses back in the day, climbed himself up, eleven fight win streak, spanking the top of the division. And he and he's kind of like a humble guy, and he's not he's not running from no challenge. Nope. So, nope. I don't know. He, man. I I I I could stand behind that, and you know it is what it is. Connor had his time, man. It's over for him. He's not he's not the same Connor as before. He's just not. Well, I guess getting off of Connor because you know that he just injected himself into that. We have the NBA playoffs going on literally right now as we're speaking. And the Heat are stomping all over the 76ers, just having their way with them. It looks like they look like they're down like 40. Like it's not good for them. They've lost this game. It's not over yet, but it is over. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just checking. Jeez. Still go Sixers, but jeez, man. Yeah. Listeners, it's 81 to 114 with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Somewhere Gilroy is smiling. <laughs> Listeners, as the time of this recording, and by the time you listen to it, game five, the Heat spank the, the 76ers. At the time of this recording, right now, the fucking Heat are more than likely <laughs> are, are, are right now 3-2 in the series. And by the time this recorder comes out, it'll probably be game six. And I'm not saying the Heat will win, but it's a look, if they put on another performance like this, it's over. Just got to cheer for a game seven, man. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's all you can do if you're rooting for Philly. No, that's a wrap, yeah. No, game seven, man. Game so, seven. No, that's it. 
I think so. Bro. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I think I think the Warriors they're about to close out their their series against the Grizzlies. Um, the Bucks in Boston that's probably gonna go seven games. Those guys they're battling it out every other game. Um, the Bucks and the Celtics I'm not mad at that series. I just wish that John Morant was in for the Warrior series because I feel like that's what made that series interesting. Yeah. And I mean if it if it if it closes out for one, I guess it is what it is, but it's just unfortunate that it didn't continue the way it was. Yeah, because that first game was exhilarating. It was it was really it, it came down to the last second, last point type shit. Yeah. So shouts out to them. Um the Mavericks versus Suns. I don't give a shit. So whoever wins wins. Yeah, whatever. So later last week we got unfortunate news. It was pretty sad. We heard about the passing of Kevin Samuels. We just wanted to give our condolences to his family and say, you know, RIP. You know, Kevin Samuels definitely built a platform for himself in the past couple of years, but it's unfortunate that he's gone. And, you know, just definitely condolences to his family. Yeah. RIP, very polarizing figure. RIP, if the great Dr. Umar could shout him out and say his condolences, then why can't we? I hear you on that one. Uh, facts. Facts. Um, yeah. Uh, rest in peace to Kevin Samuels. Uh, it, it was some kind of shocking news when it kind of, when this whole story broke. So um, only thing I would just say, only thing I have to say is just the people celebrating his death. Like you need to, there's something wrong with you at the end of the day. Like you need, there's something, there's a, well, let me just say this. There's another discussion that needs to be had with anybody that's celebrating the death of somebody, um, especially someone you don't even know that in a one degree separation, they had no interaction with you. And you only know the person from the internet. So they're they're going to hell, man. They're going to hell. <laughs> they will they will see the devil. You know, Cozy said it, man. They will see. I mean, I just, I, I just feel like the the dude wasn't a criminal. Whether right. you whether you agreed with him or not, he didn't come out and do criminal shit. He didn't destroy lives, you know. And they're treating it like he's like he ruined lives, and he caused so much detriment to cities and towns. And he came through and and basically destroyed villages and <laughs> kidnapped women and children. He was nothing like that. He said some controversial things and I know not everybody's going to agree with it. And fair enough, if he don't agree with it, that's not a problem, but just sitting there celebrating, bringing out the pinatas and buying balloons, happy death day. That's crazy. No, I think that's ridiculous. And it's it's yeah. like you said, it's okay to disagree with them, but I feel like that's just a lot for anybody, not just Kevin yeah. Samuels. Exactly. Especially it's not even it's this person has there's you have no degree of separation from this man in terms of like a direct like contact. You only know him from the internet and the conversations that he his opinions and perspective and conversations brought to groups overall like i don't know to me it's just kind of sick to see something like that um you have no relationship to this guy like at the end of the day um even i heard some people and i've even heard some people say it's a shame that he put out like he put out such he he died with such a negative message being out there which 
to me personally, like I told people, like you, it all depends. It's it's all about your perspective at the end of the day. So it's like, if that's, if that's your perspective, who am I to tell you how you should digest any information? But at the same time, whether you agree, disagree, I don't think anybody agrees with anyone a hundred percent of the time, exactly. even, the, even those that no. followed him. Yeah. So, Sure. So we don't we don't even agree with each other and and we're homeboys yeah and we don't even agree with each other all the time yeah facts i don't think i don't think if i disagreed with one of y'all i would be like oh something bad happened to me i'm not gonna be like yes thank yo we gotta have a party <laughs> that's wild that'd be a crazy so yo get the yo get the get the pinatas out yo get that open put that Yo, let's play spades real quick. Grab, yeah. grab some bottle. No, that's just weird. Get the like, fireworks. Yeah, like now if you want now if it was like it's a difference in having a, a after like a death party, and it's the celebration of someone's life versus you're celebrating the death of a person. Like I, I don't, to me personally, I don't understand how that works, especially anytime. Personally, to me. Anytime people are calling to get advice from somebody, who am I to say, who am I to have an opinion on that? Because if you know how the person gives advice, if you didn't like something, you don't watch it. You don't sit there. Like clearly, clearly he did, clearly he did something and he knew what he was doing to be able to keep an audience engaged. Uh, To me as, and the last thing I have to say on is I think the, the most interesting part of this of Kevin Samuel's story is with him being almost 60 years old, right? <laughs> to see like, and having a YouTube page for like seven, eight years prior to him even becoming who he, who he became in the right. past two years. Like it's always good to see a story of someone that's trying something different until they find a way until they find like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And this is what success looks like to me. And this is what I'm going to do. And then they find waves of pivoting into different other spaces. And I mean, it's safe to say, I think certain things changed once he got certain notoriety, but a lot of it, from what it seems like he was doing the same thing that he did years ago. It just was under, there was no spotlight for the most part. So it's just interesting. It's always amazing to see just someone take whatever their situation is and make the best out of it. And when people lose, when people leave us this early, I just feel like it's it's clearly like, hey, this person made completed their mission, whatever that was, and they got called back home. So, hey man, it's your. I appreciate that speech you just gave because it seems like you know you're just being one with the universe, not you specifically, but the ones that move on for real man you being one with the universe the the universe always knows oh man listen man what can i say i'm the universe bro and hey man i i have no problem with that you may be a god (laughs) yo you called you heard what you called me in the beginning of this man what's that called me an african god man you called me raw there you go my brother you have a domain of yours. <laughs> yeah, you you proud, you're, a, you're a ruler <laughs> of multiple galaxies. <laughs> Who said that? Uh, was that um? I forget. It was one of those battle rappers that told said something. I'm like, I could tell you how much the moon weighs with just with two fingers or some some something stupid. But yeah, 
Yeah. But nah. You guys have yeah. anything else for the listeners? Um, listeners, as usual, make sure you follow us at the Highly Advised Podcast on Instagram, Advise Highly on Twitter, and make sure you subscribe to us at the Highly Advised Podcast on YouTube. Make sure you like our shit, comment, share, keep watching the videos, keep on watching the videos. If you already watched it once or twice, watch it a third time and like it. And and like the motherfucker. Keep liking the motherfucker. Keep commenting. Comment on the other comments. Because if not, you're probably going to hell. The universe won't like that. Yeah, I agree. I've spoken. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything for the listeners. Spence, do you have anything? I've spoken, man. I've spoken. Drink your water. Drink your water. Stay safe. Uh, Yeah, just be safe out here. So it's starting to get hot. So it's starting to get a little... I don't know. And as much as the more you watch the news, the more you realize the everybody in the world sees things differently. So yes, be safe out here. Be safe out here. Oh, just a quick question before we get out of here. Yes. And we don't have, this doesn't have to be a debate, just your numbers for the Kendrick Lamar album. That's dropping this Friday. Okay. Predictions, number predictions. Final predictions. predictions. Final predictions. You guys are going to be shocked. 450,000. Wow. He went up on his number. Who would have thought? <laughs> hey, man, I would, I'm, I'm in the multiverse of madness. Oh, wow. That's crazy. The multiverse shows me. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to stick with my 500. Uh, I think I'm still sticking with 700. So. I, I mean, at this point, I can't hit y'all's numbers. I can't. The motherfuckers, the motherfuckers are fire. Musically relevant. What I've been saying for years. <laughs> <laughs> the most PC answer, man. So what I've been what saying for years. <laughs> what you don't like a rapper? No, I've been saying it for years. Great. Song, <laughs> Just saying. Great funny. guy. Raps pretty nice. Like the beat selection. Been saying it for years, man. It's like, it's like right. you clearly don't like this guy. Just like it's like Nigel with Drake or something, man. With that being said, <laughs> listeners, you have been highly advised. We will see you next time. Listen to Kendrick's album. Leave a comment. We will see you next week. Yes, sir. We are out.